You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. All right. Again, thank you, Desmond. Uh, you always do such an excellent job starting this podcast off. We're thankful for you. And Desmond, Jonathan, and myself, we're all excited because we have a first. Yes. A first. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, we have our first female guest on the Sewing and Growing <laughs> podcast. Not going to be our last. You just heard hopefully. a laugh. You heard that female laugh. <laughs> Will you introduce yourself? I'm Paige Hatterley. <laughs> what are you doing on our podcast? I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 here. We've got this round table, and yeah. uh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, here well, we go. I'm I'm proud to have uh, Paige. A big reason being, I've known her for a long time, but yeah. she is seriously one of the biggest supporters yeah. of the Sewing and Growing podcast. That's true. She's it's true. I have not missed oh, yeah. an episode. She. What's went- your favorite episode? I gotta go with the conflict. The conflict. All right. Confronting yeah, conflict. Yeah, confronting conflict. I have to say, Paige. That one was really good. And then I have to say Casey's uh, podcast yeah. on golf. Trust that the club. was deep. And you don't like golf, that was but deep. you got something out of it. No, I hate golf. But you hate got it. something out of it. But got something out of it. Yes. So, I actually so, thought it was super good. Some of you who jumped over the golf podcast, go back yeah. because you just heard from somebody who's the not into golf. golfer Yep. And they got something out of it. So go and get something out of that. Yeah. And I have to it say, Paige, super good. Paige, you really blessed me the other day because I walked by her and I said, what's the wisdom of the day? And she drew something directly from <laughs> my podcast. And I was reading it for a second. Well, I'm sorry. I can take yeah, possession was, from that it. Was, <laughs> that was a little narcissist, narcissistic. <laughs> okay. Maybe we need Just to have a, a podcast on how to address narcissism. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You'll well, have to okay, exclude Let's me. move on. For those who don't know who Paige is, you just said who you are, but you really need to tell us who you are. Because I don't know who you are. <laughs> Tell us, just kind of summarize what you do, what you're about. You're very involved, just like your dad in the community. You do a lot of different things. You wear a lot of hats and you're very successful. Why don't you give us just a little snapshot of what you do? Uh, well, I sell real estate. I've been a licensed real estate broker in the state of Colorado for 16 years. Uh, just recently got my Wyoming real estate license. Ooh. So super excited about that. Um and yeah, born and raised here. There's very few people that can say that their grandmother, their father, their picture, and their son's picture is all hanging in the halls of Rifle High School. <laughs> like four generations. That's a pretty big deal. I just think I need to say full disclosure. Her father was one of our guests on the podcast, Wayne's yes. World. Wayne's Wayne father. is your father. Yeah. Yes, Wayne yeah. So, is your yeah. father. It's my dad. Um, so yeah, just a longtime local, born and raised here. And selling real estate, uh, my husband Zane is on staff at New Creation Church, and we yeah, know who living, he is. Living the dream, He's yeah. My boss. You sold. You helped me buy two homes. Yeah. So thank you very much. And uh, you manage the property that I'm under, so we're very wow. connected to your business. Yes, we are connected to your business, and you've been going to this church for a while. Uh, this church yeah, being fifth, New Creation Church, fifteen years now. Wow. Yeah, time flies. Yeah, I, this might sound bad, but I don't really remember meeting you and Zane. It just feels like we always knew each other. Yeah. Like, I can't be like, oh, I remember the time. It's like you were just in my life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. I remember when you were in high school, We, uh, Zane and I were on a date, and we went to Palisade, and we stopped and watched you play basketball at Did Palisade High School. I don't know, because we didn't stay for the whole game. What year was it? 
I, maybe your junior or senior year because it was a yeah. playoff game. It, it was a region. It was regional yeah. championship. Yeah, we it was won. a playoff game. We won. Okay, well, I'm gonna say it's because we I were there. A few points in that game. So yeah, I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. I'm out of the loop, guys. I wasn't there. I wasn't on the date. I wasn't playing basketball, but I'm in for the yeah. conversation. Here's a fun, fun fact, though, before we jump into the meat of this podcast, is that when I first came back from college, Bible college, I served under you and Zane in the middle school youth ministry, the flood youth. Those were some crazy, wild, fun days. That was fun. Again, John's out of the loop. I'm sorry. Well, I was a youth at that time. But, but I not wasn't, middle school. I wasn't middle a middle school, school was, student. Was I was fun. a high school yeah. student. So Paige, being as you know, you like to have your hand in multiple things. You like to be involved, and just as involved as you are in the community, you've been involved in church because you were in youth for a long time. And then I actually took a department not from you, but you passed the torch to me, which was it was TV and live stream. So you kind of got that mm-hmm. thing running. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that real quick. Uh, so yeah, when we started coming to church here, I started helping in the nursery because I thought, well, if you're a woman, you should probably help in the nursery, right? <laughs> Thank you for like, staying in your lane. Makes, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. And made made it two times. Uh, had to go home and smell coffee beans to be able to cleanse my palate to be able to eat lunch that afternoon. Are you serious? Would you sniff coffee beans? Dead serious. Wow. Went home. The poopy diapers had me so sick. I went home, was smelling coffee beans and was like, I can't do this anymore. And Phil Fetchick's like, you should help on TV. And I'm like, done. And 13 done. years, 13 years in TV. And wow. you got you got it launched. You got it rolling. And the, the, the success and where it's at today is largely attributed to you getting it off the ground. Because oh, a lot of well, people thanks, didn't want to do it. A lot of people didn't know what they were doing. And you would even say, I didn't want to do it. And I didn't know what I was doing. But you picked up the mantle and you did it. I remember Pastor Mark actually saying, you're bossy and you can tell people what to do, so keep doing it. And that's literally wow. 13 years later. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, wise words yeah. from your pastor. Yeah, there you go. People people count on like gifts and callings and stuff. Mine was being bossy. That's That carried me for 13 years. So, Right on. There you go. Well, it's just evident what I can see in your life and even in your husband's wife, I've spent a lot of time with Zane, is you both have this gift of getting things started and really going strongly. And I think a real big testament to you is what happened in the live stream and the TV ministry because you laid such a foundation. It became very important in 2020. And I've heard from Jonathan, without the foundation that was really laid, it would have been really hard to do what happened in 2020. So you and Zane, but specifically you, you have the- Forget about Zane. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. Love you, Zane. Love you. We love you, Zane. Uh, Remind me to tell you that tomorrow because I'll probably be at work with you, Zane. (laughs) You need somebody to affirm their love for you. I'll do it, Zane. But you have this apostolic (laughs) gift of getting things started and going. Um, And that's really evident in your business and in areas that you've led in the church. Can you just talk about what it's like getting something started and getting it going strongly so it can stay the course and keep growing? Yeah. So I think uh, a huge part of starting anything is just that that ability. We've been talking about the PPE series in church right now, the patience, perseverance, and endurance. And so much of starting is easy because you've got the adrenaline behind it, Right. And when that adrenaline wears off, I tell people, it's like when you have a kid, you have a baby. And for the first three months, it's easy because you're running on adrenaline. And then when the adrenaline wears off, you're like, 
uh oh, we have a kid. Like we <laughs> better f- like <laughs> I don't have a kid. You keep hey, leaving me out of no, the loop. No, like we're trying to get you there. Yeah. Like you're gonna be ready. You can have one whenever you want. Uh-oh. Preparation time. <laughs> it's no, also easy time. because they sleep a lot. They sleep a lot. But and yeah, you're like just you're on like full charge. You're not getting sleep, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, the baby's like, crying at two thirty in the morning, and you just start the coffee pot, and you're like, "That's cool. Like, let's let's do this. Like, <laughs> we can we can do this." And then somewhere around month three or four, the adrenaline wears off, right? And then you have to dig deep, and you have to like actually start making adjustments and make it work for the long haul, right? So it's a lot the same way with business or ministry. Starting something is the easy part because you've got the adrenaline, the excitement, and it's new and fresh and everybody's all all about it. And then you get six months to a year into it and everybody's like, oh, why do we do this? Like, do we really have to do this? Do we really have to come to youth every Tuesday night? And you're like, yeah, like, <laughs> like yes, you have to. And um, a business is exactly the same way. Uh, you know, you just, there's that excitement and you you can see the vision and you know and you're chasing it and you're running and you've got that adrenaline. And then somewhere, if you don't keep the vision out ahead of you, you out, you get to the end of that vision, right? Yeah. And then you're like, uh-oh, now what? And if you don't, if you can't recognize that and get vision back out in front of you, then you start to almost turn in and you you start to collapse because you don't have anything that you're chasing anymore. And it's really hard when you start something, you can see the first few steps, but you don't necessarily... You don't know what's past that. And then when you get there and you've accomplished what you saw, it's a it's kind of a spooky place to be yeah. because if you don't get that refresh and that renewed vision from God to keep going, then you you collapse or you go backwards yeah. and it's like it's just kind of a weird place to be. So it's really not looking at where right at your feet and stumbling over yourself once you get to that place. It's maintaining looking up and still keeping going what's going on currently after the energy wears out. Yeah, because you've got the stress and the the workload of the day-to-day, but now you actually have to stay out ahead of it yeah. like in a manner that you can carry the vision, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got both. It's not just carrying the vision. Now you're carrying the workload of what you've already accomplished plus trying to mm-hmm. to carry the vision forward. Wow. Sounds like an easy way to get burned out if you're not careful. It, you can definitely get yeah. burned out. Well, I think that just going back to the analogy of raising kids, sorry, John, uh, leaving you out of the loop again. But what I've, you know, what what would be uh, troublesome for me is if, or for my kids, especially if, if I've never taught them how to do certain things, if I always did it for them, I would be so worn out. Imagine if I'm still changing diapers and whatnot and they're, you know, 15. teenagers, right? <laughs> so there is an aspect right. of you, uh, you have to be out ahead, but you eventually have to train your kids to take care of themselves. It's the same thing with anything you start, the people that you're bringing up alongside you, people you're bringing up with you, if you're just doing it all by yourself and you're just going and going and going, you're going to get burned out. But you have to learn how to instill and implement the vision and those ideas into the people who are following you so they can pick it up and run with it and really carry that load. And I feel like this might be a good segue into what you do in real estate because you just started fairly recently your own real estate company. And from the looks of the Christmas card, you got a lot of employees, which is a good thing. And I'm I'm willing to bet that a lot of those uh, men and women have the the vision, and you've done a pretty good job. It seems like of really instilling a culture and a value into that team, and it's a really successful business. Property professionals is booming. 
Am I right? Local's choice. Local's yeah. choice. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, yeah. So when we started off, I I never had an aspiration of owning my own company. Like that was not on the radar. But for years, I just was sensing that something, I needed something different and I didn't know what that was. And so Zane and I would pray about it. And I interviewed at different companies and I was thinking about different things that I was supposed to do. And it just never seemed right. And in the natural, it totally made sense to do something different. But in the spirit, it it just wasn't right. And Zane and I both would come back to a place of, it's just, it's just not right. There's no peace there. And so I just kept doing what I was doing. And then I was meeting with the owner of the company that I had been with. And he said something to me. And he said, Paige, he said, you don't think like an agent. You think like an owner. And that just kind of created, it created a space in my mind to, to actually start exploring what that would look like. And Zane and I started talking about it and praying about it. And he's like, honestly, Paige, I, I think the timing's right. Like, I have a piece about this. And in the natural, it was not, it didn't make the most sense compared to some of the other opportunities I had had that we didn't have peace on. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it is just, you know, waiting on the Lord, making sure that you're following that peace because when the peace was there, I, it was going to be me, my dad, and two other people. So there were supposed to be four of us, right? And one of those people was going to be support staff. And literally the second I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do, people started calling me and they're like, oh my gosh, like we're, we're coming with you. We want to be with you. We want to do what, you, what you're going to do. But I didn't even know what that was. I was like, uh-oh, so better come up with a plan, right? Yeah. And so again, just that, that timing and that, that perfection of God knowing what was out there, um, he started giving me a plan and a vision and he showed me what was coming. He started bringing me all the right people at the right time. And I didn't have to go work for it. Like he brought them to me. And that was a huge, that was a huge piece of it. I mean, right now we're at 19 agents. Uh, We're doing HOA management. We're doing property management. Uh, HOA management, we're at about 300 front doors. Property management, we're at 87 front doors. Um, Like number one in the MLS for number of sales. All of this in three and a half years. Like this is nothing that Paige Hatterley could do. It was just that piece of God saying, okay, like it's time. Like, like follow the piece. And that's exactly what we did. And I wish that there was more to the story of like how I did it, but that's, that is the story. I think there's a lot to this yeah. story though. You just mentioned an amount of time of development. It sounds like something yeah, was stirring inside years, of you yeah. developing, but Zane said there was really like three or four years where it was like, should I do something? Should I do something? It didn't feel right. He even was talking to me about this yesterday. Yeah. But what I like about your story is when you talk to your boss, and he said that statement that you don't talk like an agent, you're talking like an owner. Mm-hmm. I think there's a spot of development in all of us where we know we have a gift, but there needs to be development until somebody else can call that gift out in us. Yeah. Did that help you when somebody else recognized it without you having to go, hey, I'm going to be an owner, I'm going to be an owner. And people are like <laughs> looking at you like, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Ready. I yeah. had somebody come to me and be like, well, what's really your gifting? And I just felt led to tell him like, until you can recognize it in me, I want to keep working it out. Mm-hmm. And do you think that was part of it that encouraged you when it was being called upon? Well, I, I thought it was huge because there were so many things that I saw that I was like, it, it just seems like it would be better if it was done a certain way. 
but I didn't want that responsibility. Like I didn't want to feel responsible for if I made the wrong decision that I had cost somebody else their, their livelihood, right? Because that's the thing. And when you open your own company, and I've said this since day one, like anybody that I hire in, I'm not hiring them in for the short term. I've made a commitment to their family that as long as they want to be employed there, I'm responsible for them. And so just that him seeing that gift and saying that to me gave me that that little bit of reassurance of, okay, the way that I see it is right. Like I'm seeing this correctly and I could make these big decisions uh, when when called upon when I'm responsible for other people's livelihood, right? Yeah. Can I ask another thing? I mean, I've been out of the loop for a I lot. Know, Can I, I try bad. to make Go a loop <laughs> and maybe it includes all of us? Yeah. You know, no you could one up me and find a connection that does, doesn't include me. Not my goal. Not my okay. goal. <laughs> but I've heard of men who are trying to do marketplace ministry or business ministry and finding the challenge of being a Christian and running a business. But with you, you're a Christian and you're not a man, you're a woman, and you just started a business. I'm not saying there's more challenge or less challenge. I'm not <laughs> saying anything about you call that. call that the unicorn. <laughs> they don't exist. I'm just kidding. Settle down. <laughs> Let me create this loop, brother. Let me create this loop. What I'm saying is, I'm leaving this really open-ended. What were some challenges that you had internally that you had to deal with in yourself or externally in making that transition from just being an agent to being an owner? Being a Christian, being a woman, anything, what comes to mind were some challenges that you had to overcome? Well, I think I didn't, I never felt a challenge about being a woman. Like I've never understood that part. And because when the Bible talks about women, the Bible never refers to them as being inferior, right? So I've never struggled with, I'm a woman, I can't. Mm -hmm. That's not been, that's not been something that I've struggled with. If anything, I struggled with, the fact of being in the community for as long as I have, most of the people that I work with or that I'm around, like they knew me when, right? Mm. So they knew me when I was in elementary school. They knew me when I was in high school. They knew me when. And so it's that trying to let all the fears and failures of the past stay in the past. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter all the mistakes I made in the past. Doesn't make the or it doesn't matter the perception that they had of me back then. I know who I am now, and I'm moving forward in that. Um, and I think with marketplace ministry, for me, again, that's just kind of been this odd thing because I don't view it as marketplace ministry. I view it as this is just life, right? Mm. Like I do life with God, and it just so happens that this is what I like, this is my profession. There's more to life than me being a real estate agent, right? I tell people all the time, I'm like, if at at my funeral, if somebody says, she wrote the best contracts <laughs> or she sold so much real estate. It's a little dry. Yeah. Like that would, mm -mm. that would mm -mm. mortify me if that's how I'm remembered. Well, you would already be mortified. You'd right? be dead. Well, no, yeah. but like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but think about that. Like if that's how your life is remembered. Yeah, that, so I've just always looked at it. I'm yeah. like, why do people can, why do they call it marketplace ministry? Like you're just doing life and you're doing life with God and all the rest of it falls in. Which, like, I love that because you're blurring that line between this is sacred and this is secular. What you're saying is it's all life. It's all life. It's all life. Yeah. And isn't that connected to your success? Yes. Like I could never imagine doing business without God. So the fact that some people are trying to figure out how to bring in. God into oh. business, I'm like, ooh, ooh. it doesn't, like, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. Wow. 
God is at the center of your business story. You're not learning wow. how you can add him to Sounds your like story. Sounds like you yeah. our last podcast. Just kidding. Are you a well, weekend warrior? Yeah. <laughs> I am not a weekend warrior. Is, that is, what is your hobby? That is my, well, I don't what have hobbies. hobbies. So after your last podcast, I've been called out. I actually, I don't, it's funny because I don't like change. I love routine, but yet I get bored so easy that I constantly create mm. my own change. I like change. Like I can't, I can't have things stay the same. And I think that goes back to that apostolic. And that's funny that you said like starting off because I've, you don't hear people talk about that very much. Right. Mm. And I've thought that that was the calling that I had on my life, but you don't run around telling people like I have an apostolic calling. <laughs> like they're like, what? Here's my business card page. Yeah. The apostle. Yeah. They're like, what? I, I, I don't page. understand that. Apostle page. But again, because people think like they picture that almost more of like an evangelistic mm-hmm perspective. And I just view it as going out and starting something and passing it on. Uh Right. And that's what you were saying. Like, you just go out, you see something, you see a need, fill a need and like establish something and grow something and then just pass it on. That's what you did with the TV ministry. That's That's what they did with the So you say you really like change. How do you combat that feeling of not wanting to get bored with your own business? Like what, there's only so much you can change in your own business. You're not going to change the name, are you? I'm not going to change the name, but again, I think that's part of, you know, getting my license in Wyoming um, was actually adding to it. Yeah. um, You know, we've built spec homes. Um, I've done all sorts of stuff in the real estate sector that a lot of people don't just because I really like it and it's fun. Sorry. Well, I was just thinking the change here, a good way to get bored is if you're not growing. Yeah. But as long as you're developing yourself or developing the vision God right. has for you, that's change. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. furthers you. And that's you. fun. That's yeah, right. I was going to say, it sounds like your type of change is putting more irons in the fire. I love that. Yeah. Like I love, I love pushing that. So let me ask you this. So when it comes to womanhood, womanhood, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know much about it, but uh, there's a traditional view that is an extreme that says, hey, woman stays home takes care of the kids, has its place. But now there's this new extreme that's being swung that says now men are being encouraged to stay home and the women are going out. You know, there's nothing wrong with the principle of that, but anything overextended, a strength overextended is a weakness. This type of concept taken to the extreme can be really hurtful. But you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you have a really good balance of both because you are a mom, you have two kids. Mm -hmm. I know both of them. They're Mm -hmm. very well behaved. But you're also very ambitious. You get stuff done, but you're taking care of them. How do you kind of balance moving forward in your ambitions and goals, but making sure you take care of the home front as well? Because that's what a Proverbs 31 woman does. And maybe you can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So first of all, I think that, again, I, I love pushing the envelope. I love being busy, not for the sake of being busy, but for like just for accomplishing things. I love the sense of accomplishment, but never at the cost of my family. There's there's times where you can definitely, I can tell that my kids are going through something or we're going through something in our marriage. And I consciously make the time and I set, I, I set that as a priority. It is never at the expense of my family. Um, that's like when Isaiah, when he was in high school, People used to always tease me. They're like, you seriously go to every single game? And I'm like, yeah, you don't? Like, how do, you, how do you not make that drive to Summit County? Like, that's your kid. Like, you've got to be in the stands for them. 
And so like right now we're, uh, we homeschooled Micah last year. My mom helped me a ton with that, which we were so thankful for. And so this year he's, we're doing kind of a hybrid model where he's in a He's in a Christian school, and then we homeschool a couple of days a week. And everybody's like, how do you find time for that? Again, I'm like, that's my kid. Like, I would never compromise his future or his education for my own ambitions, right? Like, if he's not getting what he needs, I'll close everything down, and I'll help him. Um, you just never do it at the expense of your family. But, you know, what most people don't understand about Proverbs 31 is there's a word in it talks about the virtuous woman, right? And virtuous is actually the word hayil. Some people call it kayil. And it's the same word for God calling out Gideon, mighty man of valor. That's awesome. And so when you think about that, it's the same word when Moses talks about in Deuteronomy, he says, don't forget the Lord your God, he's given you the power to create wealth. Same word, kayil. So when you think about that, if God... If God allows, right, Proverbs 31 is not red words, right? It's not the words of Jesus. But God let that be and was inspired to be in the Bible. And so I view that as God saying, mighty woman of valor, mighty daughter of valor. Same way that he called out Gideon. Same way, like in a lot of different places, like when it's talking about the armies and and all the different possessions and stuff, it's Kail. And when you think about, because it, it, it hit me wrong at first because it talks about like an army or a, or a warring wife. And you would think that that's like a contentious wife that's at home, <laughs> like it's my way or the highway. And it's not that at all. When you think about why a king has an army, it's for building kingdom, expanding territory, or keeping the enemy at bay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what a wife yeah. is. Nice. She's supposed to be helping build the kingdom, whether it's God's kingdom or her family's kingdom, and she's supposed to be helping keep the enemy at bay. And if you're not taking care of your kids and your husband, you've given the pl- you've given a place for the enemy in your family, right? Yeah. And I've just always looked at it again, not not perfect by any means. I mean, there are so many things that I would go back and I would do over in a heartbeat. But I just look at it and I'm like, it's never at the it's never at the expense of my kids ever. Like that is not that's not the heart of a Proverbs 31 woman. Does that do two things? It definitely shows value to your kids, but I bet it brings a proper alignment in yourself as well when you bring those things back into place. Yeah. I mean, and again, you have to constantly measure yourself by the word, Mm. right? Yeah. And so, because you can get so far down a certain certain path and not even realize it. Mm. And so, you have to constantly be coming back, measuring yourself. Um, I've really found that when I get overtired, my attitude, my relationships, like everything starts to suffer. So I I have to be very, very careful to eat right, get good sleep, try to take care of myself so that I can help care for my husband, for my kids, for my company. Mm-hmm. But when all those pieces are in play, it just, there's so much that a woman can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I think for the women that are out there maybe listening that um, you don't know how to get started, Again, it's not something that you leave your family or you push your family aside and you go chase your own ambitions. God's called your family to whatever you're called to, your family's called to. You know, we were just talking before we started the podcast, um, we were playing Monopoly and no kidding, Micah Ryan Hatterley 
That kid can smoke any adult at Monopoly. Sounds Not like even challenge. trying. I was going to no. say, let's get the kid up <laughs> here. Do it on think, this I table think I saw him right running now. around the property. Bring him up here. Seriously. But um but yeah, I mean he like we just we make it fun. This is what we do. Like he does. He'll he'll come to the church. He works at coffee cart. Like everything that we're doing, he comes to the office with I was, was like, going to say I've gone into the office and seen I think Definitely your oldest son, but I've seen yeah. pictures of your younger son there. Wow. Yeah, Micah. Micah's there. You know, people people laugh, but you know, Isaiah's Wait, got. How old is Micah? Micah's ten. Are you breaking some laws. Micah's ten. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not forced labor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not forced labor. Okay, good, um, good, good. He no, loves but, being there. Ask him. No, he like he's he we've there's certain tasks that he does in the office and uh, he's got a place and he's got a role in part in what he's doing. So, yeah, my mom had a business and I was there all the time and people ask why I'm good with people. I said, because I got to be with people older than me a lot growing Mm -hmm. up. So I'm so glad for those moments. I like what you said when you were referring to going to Isaiah's basketball games. People said, how do you find time for that? And like the difference between finding time and making time is a clear list of priorities. And so you don't have to find time for your family. You make time for everything else. You, when you decide what's important, everything else is kind of structured around that. And just from talking to you and knowing you, that's like pretty much a foundation of what you do is, well, first of all, God, but family. And everything else it doesn't necessarily take a backseat, but you structure around it. So that's the difference between finding time and making time. I wanted to say this too. Hopefully I don't put you on the spot, but I do remember you talking about this a couple years ago at the ladies conference i was there helping i wasn't just dropping in again out of the loop (laughs) (laughs) but you talked about because you said you know there's people in all stages of life because there was like uh young women there in their teenage years single women and married women and you kind of made a really great you like tied a nice bow on it and you addressed every generation do you remember kind of what you said or am i putting you on the spot uh you're putting me on the spot a little bit but no that's okay I just, I think that for the younger generation, for the women that aren't married or they're looking for a family, if you can, one, really dig into the word of God, right? Like you really have to know the word because that's, that is how you build your life and that's how you measure your progress, right? Our ultimate calling is to be like Jesus. And if you don't know what that looks like, like where are you going to go with that, right? Um, But to learn to learn how to be a good wife, you don't necessarily, there's going to be a grace that comes on you when you are a wife, right? When you get married, there is a grace that is there. And there's something that happens for the young women when they are just like, when they have an opportunity to see it modeled. And so for those of us that are married, like when we're modeling it and we're showing them how to raise a family, because we're learning from the women that are even older than us, there's just this amazing there's this amazing plan and example and a blueprint that's put out when when women do it well and they do it right. What you just said there reminds me of what it says in Titus, that the older women are supposed to teach the younger women. And I don't think, culturally speaking, we have a strong example of that in the world where there's a lot of mentoring going on and there's a big reverence for how our grandma and great-grandma did it. But I think it's essential. It's well, a foolish and prideful thing to not at least acknowledge what happened before you. Well, and that's a, that's a huge place for the church because we're in such a global society now that it's not even anybody's fault. There's a lot of times where the younger women live on 
in like an entirely different state or different portion of the country. They're not even around their mothers or their grandmothers. Grandma's not living in the little house on the prairie anymore. Yeah, and that's what the church is for, right? When you get in wherever you're at, you get planted in the local church, then you've got those women there to Mm -hmm. show you how to do it. So you don't have to be by your natural family, but you're with your spiritual family. And that gives such a purpose to the women who have children that have already grown because they Mm -hmm. have a vital role and to continue on. Another thing that you said at the ladies' conference is you brought up Isaiah 54, uh, 5. It says, for your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And so what I remember from when you said that is when you were talking to all different age groups, you were talking about, hey, even if you're not married, the Proverbs 31 scripture still applies to you because even though you're not bringing back things or taking care of your husband, the Lord, your maker is your husband for a time. I mean, you are not just trying to serve a natural husband, but you're serving God, your maker. Yeah. Well, and when you're single, I mean, that's that's going to be part of that relationship that's there, right? And when you are married, you're not replacing God with a husband. Like you're, that relationship's just being added to and expanded, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have, when you're single and you get your relationship right with God and you're serving God and you're you're letting God love on you, this is kind of a, a little bit of a sidetrack, but um, we just got done building a house. And I woke up the second day in the house and I was kind of having this anxiety attack. And I was like, God, what, what is this? And he's like, you're not letting me love you. Hmm. You've put up a wall and you've known my love to a certain point, but you've put up the wall and you're not letting me love you past that point. Hmm. And I thought the anxiety was surrounded like with the building of the house. I had no idea it had anything to do with the level of relationship I had with God. Hmm. Right. And so when he showed me that, I was like, what? Like that doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. And he's like, yeah, think about it. He's like, you do it with Zane. You let a certain, like you let him into a certain point and then you put this wall back up. And he's like, it's because you put that wall up with Zane but you were putting it up with me. And he's like, we've got to work to get that wall back down because I'm your first love. It all starts with me first. And when we get that wall down and you let me actually love you, your relationship with your husband is going to be so much better. And Zane and I have a, like, we have an amazing relationship. But when when you're developing that relationship with God, it takes every every other natural relationship to an entirely different level, like takes it so much deeper. Good. good. I think we're at a good I'm spot. Glad I jogged your memory. You're already a good spot. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You're at a good spot in your marriage. You just referenced <laughs> that. That's awesome. But we're also at a good spot in this podcast to bring about the wisdom of the day. Uh, and just letting you know, folks, I ask people all the time what the wisdom of the day is. Do I not? You I go do. throughout the whole office asking what the wisdom of the day is. Uh, Todd, your husband, he actually referenced you a little bit ago in the wisdom of the day. He said that he fights to be right with you a lot. And he said, John, do not fight to be right. Fight to get it right. So he's working on it. Just letting you know. And that's great wisdom of the day. But that's not the wisdom of the day from this podcast for me. The wisdom of the day for this podcast with me is how the statement you made, it was just a total mic drop moment. We aren't dropping the mics because these are the church mics and not ours. And they're expensive. But the proverbial mic drop happened for me when you said, when people say, how do I get God in my business? You mentioned that mm-hmm. your business started with God. And again, it's I'm trying to spend my days going, is God involved in every area of my life? 
but you took it a whole nother level. You're like, I wouldn't have even gotten to this spot in my life without God. Without and that's God starting something, not just you getting God into your mm, thing. That's Great point. literally what I was going to say. Well, I guess we're going to have to start with Paige after this. So It's okay of, if your wisdom of the day is something you say. If it's all our wisdom, that's great. You won't think I'm narcissistic. No. That's the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I was narcissistic at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> but I can't be a narcissist and say I'm narcissistic. So boom, not a narcissist. Okay, I'll give you my wisdom of the day. Um, when you brought up that word, uh, Kyle. Hot with a ch. Yeah. Some people use yeah. a ch. Which you is what get, was get yeah, the yeah, the get the Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't have Kyle, Yeah. Which was the same word that God used for Gideon and you... Uh, we're able to take that and apply it to you as God saying, Hey, mighty woman of valor, you've got, uh, you've, you're not just a second class citizen. You've got things to do. And that's what Proverbs 31 is really all about. Uh, and when we talk about men and women having different roles, you know, women are not inferior. Um, they have a role and a place and a purpose. And that was just cool to see how you tied all that in with that Greek word. Or is it Hebrew? It's Hebrew. Oh, sorry. Hebrew. The Hebrew word. Kyle, mighty woman of valor. Yeah. Well, I think that would probably be mine also, just from the perspective of do a do a word search on that. Like look it up in the Strong's Concordance. And it's really interesting. You'll see it in so many different places and so many random references. Like it's not like you just always see it. In a specific context, it's used for power, wealth, might, army, valor, like all sorts of different references. And I think when I when I think about God saying, mighty woman of valor, people normally talk about Proverbs 31 as being the ideal woman. But again, to me, I can't I can't say I'm right on this, but I don't think you could prove me wrong. So I don't know. Well, who knows? But when they talk about Proverbs 31, they talk about that being the ideal woman. And to me, that just doesn't seem like the nature of God, to put something out there. Because he doesn't say, ideally, you would be holy. He Hmm. says, be holy as I am holy. Like, Hmm. he says, you can do this. Like, I'm calling you out. You can do this. But most people think about being holy as something that when we get to heaven, that's when we'll have our opportunity to be holy. But he calls us out, and he's like, right here, right now. I've given you the ability to be holy. And that's what I think about with Proverbs 31, because when you read it, it's overwhelming and you're like, there is no possible way. And that's a futuristic ideal. If all the stars aligned, that would be a woman. And I think that's wrong. I really think that God has it in there of you are capable, you are created, you have a plan and a purpose, and look at the roadmap I've given you and you can do all of this and more, do not count yourself short. And so my wisdom of the day would be to do a, wor- do a word search on Hayil and really look at all the places that it's referenced in the Bible and the context that it's referenced and know that you as a woman have that exact same word spoken over you. And I think it'll change your life. Oh. I really think it will. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That was good. I was out of the loop on that too because I'm Why? not a woman. Oh well, yes, yeah, so I guess I was out of the loop too. But it's but still women, good. you're in the loop. But I'm a mighty man of valor. But if it applies to me, see that's the thing is yeah. like we keep adding like these gender, these gender, 
Like Kyle is what? not. It's not a gender. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's not, not gender, a gender. I'm yeah, gender it's not specific. gender specific. It's not gender and I think that's what's so cool about it. It is even virtuous. You think of that like as purity or mm-hmm. or you know a veil or moral excellence. You know, yeah. yeah, moral excellence, something like that. But it's the same word that he used to call out Gideon yeah, to cool. like save an entire nation. Right. Yeah. And that's that's why I just keep looking at Proverbs 31 and I'm like, it can't be that that's just the picture of an ideal woman. I think that is a totally attainable, don't mm. count yourself short. You're you're completely capable. Yeah. And I think that's the lie that a lot of women feel that men are being called and men are being chosen yeah. and men this, men this. But you're saying just as God we is calling that. men, you're hearing the call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to know you're being called for more, what an honoring, lifting, encouraging thing. Well, and, you know, the men in in Proverbs 31, it talks about her husband being well-known, right? Being mm-hmm. known at the, at the city at gates. gates. And so there's so much that in what we do as women that not only is about us, but it's propelling our, our family, our husbands, our children forward. Yeah. And it's just Everyone telling wins. us. Everyone wins when the woman <laughs> when wins. The woman that's wins. true. That's, that's the wisdom of the wow. day right there. That's, the that's the mine. <laughs> well, that, I just want to know if there's any, like, are you going to make any fine linens in the future? Because that's also in Proverbs 31. Okay. You going to sell them? I actually, I actually, 4-H, seventh grade, <laughs> I took sewing. I oh. can sew. I can weld. I can do woodworking. Wow. I can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Woman of many talents. My real there, question there you is, go. can you pray? Because we're going to ask you to pray this podcast out. I can pray. All right. All right. All right. Father God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. And I just thank you, Father, for everybody that's listening right now, but specifically for the women. I just thank you that as daughters of the King, daughters of the Most High God, I thank you that we recognize and we walk in the anointing that you have for us, Father God, that there is... So much that the world needs from us that we like, we're going to walk in. God, we're like, we're going to accomplish it. We're going to see it happen. Our husbands are going to be strong. Our families are going to be strong. We're going to raise up a next generation. And I just thank you for the honor and the privilege to be a woman that raises the next generation, that is raising the church, that is leading the church, that is strengthening the church, that is alongside the men of the church, that we're all working together, Father God, and that we're going to accomplish so much more than we could have ever done, uh, just individualized or, or, uh, separated as genders. Father, I thank you that the women come alongside the men and that, uh, 2022 is going to be our best year yet because the women are going to understand that they are mighty women of valor and we are going to do everything that you've put in our heart to accomplish. And we just thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That was a power packed prayer. Yeah. Thank good. you so much, Paige. Yeah, I think you've earned a part two, maybe eventually. So that's good. <laughs> eventually. Your father and you have both earned part twos. Yeah. Maybe you guys so can come on 2026. Together. We can have like family feud. I'm just kidding. 2026. No, it'll be sooner than that. But we appreciate it. I'd come you on, on with my dad. Yeah. yeah that would be, that'd fun. be fun. Maybe I we'll make it happen. I love my dad. You are a part of Wayne's world. Some would say, he might even say you are his world. dare i say we've digressed (laughs) but we will leave with this thank you so much Paige, and thank you to all our listeners which includes Paige. thank you for your faithfulness to us on this podcast and we will be with you next week on the sewing and growing podcast with j and j
leave a review. Please. 